Welcome to the SCORE Life and Health Innovation Podcast, where we dive right into how innovation is driving change around the world in our life and health ecosystem. From founders to investors and corporates, our world is changing rapidly, and we want to come together with you to explore those changes to understand and live transformation with SCORE. As one of the world's largest reinsurers, SCORE provides insurance companies with diverse and innovative solutions focused on the art and science of risk. Combining technical expertise and experience, SCORE leverages global know-how in over 80 countries focused on the life and health insurance industry. My name is Nia Escobar-Kolo and I am your host for today. I'm part of the Life and Health Ventures team and I'm excited to share with you experiences, ideas and thoughts from individuals who are revolutionizing the life and health reinsurance landscape with a wider perspective of our ecosystem. Today, we're talking to Georg Schwegler, Chief Executive Officer of Transamerica Ventures. After more than 20 years in the innovation ecosystem, Georg has been in the venture capital industry focused on telecommunications, research and development, marketing, and innovation. How is this experience relevant to investing in startups and what's the strategy behind Transamerica Ventures? Let's talk to Georg to dive right into this. Thank you so much for sharing with us uh, your time. Can you introduce yourself, please? Uh, my name is Georg Schwegler. I'm running the corporate venture activities of Aegon Transamerica on a global basis since, I guess, end of 2013. And before, um, I did that for Deutsche Telekom, T-Mobile, uh, also on a global basis. And before that, I was uh, running innovation management and Deutsche Telekom, and then before I did uh, marketing research as a consultant and in different areas. So I have a so, long history of, of about 20 years in, in corporate venturing, and uh, I've gone with this coronavirus crisis through three serious crises in the past with a corporate venture portfolio, which is uh, quite an interesting experience. So, Garrick, you have extensive experience in corporate innovation from being the CEO of T-Ventures, uh, the venture unit of T-Mobile and Dolce Telecom, to being a board member in many startups, to consulting on innovation and marketing, like you were mentioning before, to surviving three crises over time. How did you get involved with the insurance industry? It was basically an interesting proposition because uh, I left Deutsche Telecom, I think, in the beginning of 2013 because they wanted to switch to more private equity deals, which was not my, my home turf. And I semi-retired, invested in startups on my own, built my own fund, what I'm still running. But Aegon came along and they were asking me, would you be willing to build something like you uh, did for Deutsche with, uh, for us on a global basis? And I was thinking about it because turns was not my home turf. Uh, I had a couple of friends working in that industry, so I was doing some due diligence. I went to my VC peers in order to find, is there deal flow in that space? Is there there there, they say in the US? And I found it quite interesting. The board of Aegon was really committed to it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it. So we started investing. I built a fund. Uh, I built a structure. And then we started investing in the beginning of 2014. And it went well so far. So could you tell us a little bit more about your investment focus? And especially what we came across is that it's very clear that you want to focus on solving real problems and providing real value for customers. So how does this translate to your activities in practice from the venture unit? Having learned from Deutsche Telekom, my experience is it makes a lot of sense if you run a corporate venture fund that you are not always running as a forefront of, of the corporate organization. So you really have to stay 
in touch with the organization to understand what are their needs, what is helping the middle management in their business needs, and how do they improve their own value chain. Typically, that comes down or boils down to a couple of metrics you have to show. Either you grow with revenue and you can show that the startup company can help them to grow in a certain area, or you can show KPIs, how this is facilitating their core processes and uh, with the uh, relevant metrics. Um, so we typically try to go and build some level of uh, use cases and business cases on how the partnership should work out for the organization. So once you have identified startups which are relevant for Transamerica and, and for your team, how does the venture team work together with the larger Transamerica organization? I mean, we see in your investment portfolio, you have a very diverse group of companies from an Indian startup offering digital insurance to an American remote monitoring, uh, patient mm -hmm. monitoring to appear to be German loan marketplaces or real estate digital platform. Um, could you talk about some of the startups in your portfolio and how do you innovate and bring them on board? And let me start with uh, explaining how we work with the organization uh, first, because uh, I think that's the most critical part for all corporate VCs. Um, because um, if you are merely talking to the the management board of the organization, that's nice, but that doesn't really help you to transfer things into uh, the value chain of the company. So what you need to do, you need to get top management involved in your decision making, and that's how we built the fund. We have an investment committee where we have all regional le leaders, basically all board members of Aegon. Uh, in the investment committee, except uh, the CEO and the CFO, because they are more advising as an advisory committee for us. But the investment decisions are really made uh, by the regional leaders, CEO of Transamerica, Egon Yukon, uh, international CTO, and myself and, and head of strategy. Uh, but uh, the, the hard work is really to have access to the middle management, to people who have the budget to control the value chains, and to want to drive innovation and achieve things. And this is where we go more frequently mm -hmm. in discussions with them. We have monthly calls uh, where we discuss the deal flow, where we talk about innovation areas they are looking for. And then uh, we do some, some marketing stuff as well, where we have a weekly report uh, with three, 400 readers in the organization where we stress innovation topics, but where we also report what do we see in the market. And those and regional leaders you work with, those are the ones who eventually will be uh, cooperating with the startups, right? Yeah, at least on the middle management, if there is an idea how you want to work with a company and how to want to implement that in, in the existing value chain. So I give you a couple of examples. We did invest in Next Capital, that was one of our first deals, company based in Chicago. They basically do digital wealth management in the retirement space. They work between the advisors, the asset manager, and the record keeper. And they come up with a lot of uh, digital in a digitally enabled uh, functions for, for all th uh, three or four parties because it's really the employee or the retiree. It is the record keeper, it is the financial advisor, and it is the, the asset manager or the insurer in the backyard. And the way how they work is really that they customize a lot of their core platform and give the asset managers a core basis of functionalities where they can differentiate in the market, but it's still on a scalable platform. And we worked something like two years with the organization in Transamerica to get this uh, ramped up. We invested and uh, Transamerica is a solid partner for them. 
they have benefits in terms of better margins, but also expanding their, their food chain a little bit into areas uh, with their employer customers and in the financial advisor space. Policy Genius is one of the investments we did, and that was the, the starting thesis for us when we had the, the, the first moves in the fund where we were thinking it's all about digital distribution. It is about linking into this distribution channels to have a better look and feel for the customer, better overview. They are selling term life products for us in the U.S. And it took us a while to come with the right proposition and the right product setup at Transamerica. But uh, now it's working well because we found the right right price points we found the right way how to work with the company but that really do requires that the product management and the distribution organization on our side has a couple of loops with the company to understand what are their needs how can they improve the partnering so you have to facilitate that collaboration you have to go back to the startup to understand where's the sweet spot what kind of customers do they attract and then you return to the organization and say, okay, you can leverage and uh, you can do better and you can sell better if you adopt a little bit more aggressively on the pricing. And that's what they did. They had a couple of very interesting conversations on uh, how to improve the partnering and accelerate. Another one I want to mention is Limelight Health. That's a platform for the benefit solutions on the workplace. The U.S., it's a San Francisco-based company. And uh, what they do, they link basically the employer, uh, the benefit advisor, and uh, the employees and the carrier on one platform requires a ton of integration work into the legacy system, which is always the burden for insurance companies. But once this is done, it clearly reduces dramatically the, the paperwork and the not in good order data uh, we typically get in this process, accelerates uh, the process in general, saves us money, but creates also better customer experience and a better customer satisfaction because uh, we reduce dramatically the questioning what is the correct data? Do we have the, the cleaning and cleansing of our data right in place? So it's accelerating the process in general. We did also invest in some companies where there is no direct visibility on partnering. And these are deals you typically have to do as a corporate VC because you are regarded as a forerunner for the organization. So especially in the blockchain distributed ledger crypto currencies, tokenization of assets. We invested in a company called uh, Digital Currency Group in New York. And we discussed that not with the middle management because that's too far away from them. We discussed that really with the investment committee, with the strategic leaders of the organization and said, okay, does blockchain potentially have an impact on our business? Uh, we don't know yet, but it might have. So we better invest in a company who has a good overview on the market where we can discuss trends, where we can navigate uh, in, in a variety of startups and digital currency group helped us a lot and to understand that. And from that basis, we merely invested on a strategic uh, area to get a better intel on what the market is doing and in what direction the market is going, mm -hmm. not with an immediate desire to implement that in our core business. Uh, but out of this partnership, we created some roundtables with other insurance companies in the U.S., also in Europe. SCORE is part of that, uh, where we started with Allianz and others to think about how do we implement blockchain 
And out of that roundtable, P3I started where you guys are invested as well and where you are looking to, to leverage the blockchain technology in your business. So there are examples where we are forerunning, but this is typically a topic you cannot really implement in the middle management. So usually from the moment where you are investing in a startup to the moment where you have some traction within the organization, do you know more or less how long this takes? We have hope, uh, but typically it takes longer than expected because what I learned is that insurance is not a fast mover. So it typically takes a while until things are working out. And uh, the issue is always legacy systems and how long it takes to, to implement things in legacy systems and loop into the existing IT landscape, the IT budget, and you have to take this into account. So we tell our companies in a typical case, it takes one to two years to implement the partnership and go up and running. And if these companies are professional and if they know about insurance, they are not scared about this time frame. So talking about your own experiences, how challenging or how was this set up from an organization that didn't have a venture arm and wasn't focused directly on investing and connecting with the startup ecosystem to building a whole unit focused on this and then running projects and connecting people with this? I mean, it was a learning experience for the organization and I took them by the hand basically. So I organized a couple of trips uh, for our European team, for our US team in the Aegon group to go to startup sessions at the West Coast, at the East Coast. We typically do that twice a year on the West Coast. We take a, a selection of companies which meet innovation desire of the group, but which show them also what is around in the market, which can be interesting. And then we spend two days in the Valley or in New York and meet these companies and have fruitful discussions about it. And it comes back with a feedback uh, where they say, okay, that was an eye opener and that was helpful. And if you install this on a regular basis, if you have monthly calls with the local boards about deal flow. How do you see the dynamic of corporate innovation between um, startups and corporates, do you, how do you think this has changed over the years? And most mm, importantly, yeah. where do you think this is heading as it becomes more and more normal? It has to come in a track where we say, okay, how do we design our organizations for uh, the customer needs? And this is more than just, yeah, with our, our services, we are at the mobile phone, we are on the smartphone. We have uh, backend systems who are service-oriented, who are flexible to adopt additional elements in, in the product offering. They might come from your own proposition, they might come from partners, but all with a goal to make life easier for the end consumer. And surf in the way the consumer is used to interact with other organizations who are a little bit more advanced in e-commerce and in digital front-end technologies. That's a process the insurance industry was undertaking in the last couple of years. But I think given the fact that our end backend systems are still not really in a service-oriented architecture, we uh, need to change that. And this is the trend I'm currently also experiencing in our group, uh, but also with other insurance companies, that their go-to-market strategy is changing. So they go closer to the point of sale. They integrate in e-commerce platforms talking, for instance, about our investment in, in India, ACO, which is a purely digital insurance company. They interlink with Amazon, which is an investor. They interlink uh, with a variety of e-commerce platforms. 
to collaborate if people are purchasing topics on e-commerce basis where they have the data, where they understand what the customer is looking for, to offer insurance in the same uh, space. And that requires two things. It requires a better set of data about what the customer wants. It requires a better setup on the design. How do we interact and how we embed this offering in, in the front end service? And then it requires the flexible architecture and the backyard in order to be more agile to work with partners and offer value-added services around insurance. And that's basically the challenge. And we see this consistently into other areas where it's more about uh, wealth management, financial services, where you come up with a core offering, but you add additional functionalities from partners and your platforms have to allow that you can offer these functionalities. So basically, this is a full ecosystem approach that you're going mm-hmm. after, right? Yeah. And uh, that was also the experience we made after we started the fund because we were thinking, okay, it's just the digital front end where we are looking for new partners to sell our products, where we are looking for new services which are created at the front end to the consumer. But over the time, we figured, okay, no, this is not this is not the end. It's just the beginning of the story because we have to go deeper into our value chain. We have to think about platforms to make our life easier, to offer services to the customers. We have to look for new partners where we can add additional functionalities and additional services. We don't want to offer in our core offering, but which makes life much easier for the consumer if if it is linked to the offering we can give them. Do you have any specific verticals or industries which you would consider cornerstone in the development of the insurance industry and this ecosystem that you're building? Yeah, I mean, Egon is a financial service insurance retirement-oriented company, so it's all about how do you build financial wealth for the retiring, and that encloses the life insurance part. It's dealing with 401ks, retirement systems, it's just dealing with uh, products in the retirement decumulation phase. And uh, this is always at the edge between insurance, asset management, wealth management. But if you look at the wealth management part, especially in the US, but also I think in Europe, a lot of uh, questions are coming around what are health-related costs in the retirement? How can we do better to integrate these costs in the composition of our retirement planning? What do I have to add additionally into the retirement savings to take care about the health-related topics? And then this is just the starting point because then it comes back to your preconditions. It comes back to specific risks you have with your own uh, individual uh, findings and then go and add uh, functionalities around that. We see a lot of new technologies, uh, products and services in different points of the value chain, like you're mentioning, coming up every time to make insurance definitely more dynamic, more attractive, mm-hmm. more interactive, mm-hmm. to focus on prevention, to understand risk, and eventually, you know, give policyholders a much better experience overall and more touch points with insurance companies. Where do you think these insurers will be positioned in the wider ecosystem in the future? I mean, the flip side of insurance is that you typically don't have too many touch points and engagement layers with your customers. They do that if they look for uh, a new coverage, if they come into critical life situations, buy a house, start a family or retire or whatever the topic is. 
but they are not in a frequent interaction with their insurance companies like they are with their bank and, and or e-commerce platforms. So if as an insurance company you want to understand your customers and their need better, you have to go and add more functionalities, and I mentioned that already, to engage with them. Uh, but these uh, services have to be structured around the brand value you want to create. So you clearly need a very focused, laser-sharp, decision about what am I offering as an insurance company, what are my core brand values, and how do these core brand values transform into the design of services and front ends and uh, back ends uh, I want to, to offer to my customer. It's a little bit homework most insurance companies have to do internally to hammer out how do I want to be seen in the market, how do I want to be recognized in the market, and how do I group these services around the values I want to create for my consumer on the front end. If they switch to that point, I think they can offer a lot of services, which is not uh, only risk coverage, but which is also risk avoidance and basically consulting and other services on top of that. And we see a lot of companies in the market who are going in that way and who want to, to partner with insurance companies. It will be a very interesting time in the next decade. Georg, thank you so much for sharing your thought with us. I completely agree that the next 10 years are going to be game-changing for the insurance industry as we see more the, the perception and the development of new products and services in our ecosystem, but also within insurance companies themselves questioning and going forward with their values, with prevention, with risk, and of course, with in general experiences that they're offering to their policyholders. I wish you a lot of success. Uh, likewise, it's core. Uh, happy to support and eager to look and how you guys are doing uh, with your innovation endeavors. Most definitely. We'll, that, we'll stay in touch and maybe we can meet once the measures are a bit loosened up and have a coffee and continue the conversation. Either in Cologne or in New York, wherever you want me. Both work. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your time. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Panya. Bye. Bye.